When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is a proud production of ITM Media. Well, folks, it's finally that time of the year, the most dreadful time of the year, the end of NASCAR season. I'm very upset about that, but it was a very interesting weekend at Phoenix. And if you're a Formula One fan, yes, we will cover the Mexican Grand Prix in its entirety. Hey, everyone, Matt Beamer here alongside Preston Lude via Zoom, who's actually working today. Preston, how's it going there? How's how's uh, the call volume today? I won't speak of that because I don't want to uh, jinx, jinx it. it. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. But yeah. <laughs> Other than that, work is work as well. Yeah, you you learn you learn very quickly in the fire service that you never ever talk about the call volume right. when you're on. shift. You never ever complain ever. about it when you're on shift. I hear you, man. But that's, man, that's it, one of the quick ways for people to not like you. Right. Exactly. One hundred percent. Well, I tell you what, man. It's been a crazy week. So after our show last week, we had a Fun show, episode 110. Go check it out if you haven't already. It's our Martinsville review and our Phoenix preview, which kind of worked out in some ways. In some ways, it didn't. We'll talk more about that. But Preston, Caroline and I are moving again. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, we're moving to right back to White Gables. You're not going to get the same house, are you? No, it's not the the same house. It's a totally different house there. It's overlooking a pond and stuff. But, yeah, we it was crazy how fast it happened. So we got back from Martinsville. I got back from Martinsville on a Monday. We did the show. Tuesday, it was all good. Wednesday, we had off as well, I believe. Or no, Wednesday, we worked. But Tuesday, we went to go look at a house. We found a house. We are currently under contract for that house. And then within 24 hours of putting our current house on market, it was taken up. That fast, dude. That sounds about right. Holy cow, man. I couldn't believe it. I was here stressing over... The little things is like, what if, if of course, it's going to be our house that doesn't sell fast. And sure enough, the first person to look at it is the first person who made an offer and we're under contract. There's a lot of people moving to this area. It was the craziest thing. The housing market goes very quickly around here these days. I've noticed that. It's a revolving door. It's almost like anything else down here, I feel. It's just a big revolving door here in the Charleston area of South Carolina. It is, but uh, that that that's awesome, man. You know, right back, right back to where you right were. Right back where we started. Pretty much the same layout and everything as the old house, except Caroline said the podcast studio might have to be in the garage this time. Oh, well, I think we, I think we can. Uh, we can manage that and climate control it and make sure everything's safe and stuff. But 
yeah, that's the big news from our end, man. Um, how's everything uh, from your neck of the woods? Uh, everything's good. Uh, went to the fair yesterday, as we record here on a Monday, and I feel like that might have been the worst idea ever. Why is that? It was it was a good well, fair. It was a good fair. Yeah, yeah, well, yesterday was the last day of the fair, but Saturday it rained all day, and it was very windy, so the fair was open, but the rides weren't really running for most of the day. So I guess since people weren't able to really go on a Saturday, and since yesterday was the last day, I guess everybody decided to go, and we sat in traffic for nearly three hours just to go a mile and a half just to get there and park. Holy cow! It was dude. awful. Yeah, we. Was, I think it was awful. I think Caroline and I went day two of the fair, and we drove right down the road, parked, had a great time at the fair, and then drove away. It was that. It was just. A, it was just that quick. Well, usually, yeah. Usually, we. You know, usually I like to plan on going like early. You know, like you know, usually the fair is here for like say two weeks. Usually, I like to go within the first week. I might go on like a weeknight or something, but just the schedules just didn't line up to get to go really at all. And then we had the chance to go yesterday, and we tried to leave early, right around the time that we thought it was probably going to open. I think eleven o'clock. We left about twelve, and we ran right into traffic a mile away, and it did not move. And everybody was going. I mean, even when we left last night at I think it was close to eight o'clock. There were still people filing. Man, in it to almost park. sounds like you going to a NASCAR race if you didn't I, plan out properly. Exactly. <laughs> it was. It was. My anxiety was a little high because there was just so many people there, and it was just. I didn't like it. I don't know why. I just. I can't. I. I don't know. Usually, sometimes the fair. Sometimes bad things tend to happen, but like sometimes you're just like ah, oh, it doesn't really. You know, it's whatever. But like when there's a lot of people there, and it's just like. I mean, shoulder to shoulder trying to move through. It's just like, ah, this is too much for me. I can't do it. So other than that, you know, life is, life is good. Uh, staying a little busy. Surgery coming up at the end of the month. Possibly selling our house as well. Moving to a different location in Hanahan still, though. So not very far from where we, <laughs> we are to begin with. But, yeah, so there's a lot of moving parts. I hear you, man. We'll definitely be praying for you for the surgery. And I hope everything's out there doing well for everyone out there listening to rambling about racing whether this is your first time or your 100th and 11th time i can't believe that stat right now whether you're on the unhinged sports network thanks to belly up sports for allowing us to be a part of the show and preston speaking of belly up sports uh we are going to be and I, when i say we i think more so me unfortunately uh I, I was invited by the guys from tss fantasy podcast it's a fantasy uh, football podcast to be on their show, and by the time this comes out, it will already be passed. But we're going to be on there uh, going up against Chair Gating from the Belly Up Sports Network, who's another NASCAR podcast. And it's going to be the battle of what they say, the good old boys. And I, I don't think they've really listened to the, the podcast much, because if they did, they would realize I'm really not a good old boy. And I think that's, that's a negative stereotype with NASCAR fans that, that we're all rednecks. Yeah. So, what, what? What's the? Is there like a a reasoning behind the whole? Like, what? Are, what are they trying to do? Like, what? What's? I think just gonna be just having you on, or well, like how's well, they're going to have me talking about fantasy football? And folks, if you want a good laugh, go check them out when we're featuring on their show because I'm going to have no idea. I'm going to look like an idiot. I was about to ask you that. I don't know anything <laughs> Do about you fantasy. Know a lot? <laughs> All I know is Tom Brady plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's it. 
That's it. <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if he plays for the Packers or not anymore due to whatever's going on with him in his life. So it's going to be fun. Go check it out. It'll be a lot of fun to check that out and have me make a complete jerk, a jackass of myself. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say about that. But I'm glad everybody's here. Let's just hit into it, Preston. Have a lot to talk about today as far as the final races of the NASCAR season for the Trucks, Xfinity, and Cup Series. We're going to start off with the Trucks and Ben Rhodes. Bookmarked the season with a win at Daytona and ends up Camping World Truck Series champion for 2021. I know you just caught the highlights of the race, you being at the fair and stuff. But how, how were the highlights for you? Because the race for me, I'll tell you what it was for me after we hear your side. You know, it just it didn't seem like, uh, I guess I'll just say trucks first. It just didn't seem like it was really that exciting, to be honest. I think we I've said it before, and you and I have probably said it plenty of times. Just Phoenix just, just does not seem like a season-ending worthy race, I guess you could say. It wasn't really very eventful. No, it really wasn't. As I thought it would be. Well, our, we had a we had someone in the truck race today that we had on the show, Chris Hacker. Go check out that episode. I think it's episode ninety of our series that we've been doing. But go check it out. Chris Hacker was racing. He had a good run, finished a race strong. But here's what happened to me, Preston. And to your point, Phoenix isn't the most exciting racing for trucks, Xfinity, and Cup, in my opinion. But I halfway through the race, I fell asleep, and that's the first time I've ever admitted that on the show. I fell asleep during the truck race. Oh, my gosh. And I woke up, and Ben Rhodes won, and I went, oh, man, Matt Crafton didn't win. <laughs> and then I sh- and yeah, I, no, he did not. And then I promptly shut it off because I wanted Matt Crafton to win, but you know, it was just kind of one of those races that I guess you could say was just there as far as racing. It really wasn't the best race in the world, obviously, but then we get to the Xfinity race. Daniel Hemrick. I called it. I got one out of three right, and I'm glad it was Daniel Hemrick. Yeah, that, that was that, good for him. That was an exciting race throughout. That was the race of the weekend for me. An exciting race throughout the from the drop of the green flag to the checker flag. And Daniel Hemrick, the way he won it was amazing. It truly was. Daniel Hemrick winning his first ever Xfinity Series race and his first ever race in NASCAR, period, as well as the championship. Doesn't get much better than that. And I must say, Daniel Hemrick is going to be make something of himself, and now he's a little more marketable going into the 2022 season. Yeah, I think this this puts him right back on a um, an, another level, a whole new level. Maybe you know some Cup teams might start looking at him again because you 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 know you talked about it a lot. Daniel Hemrick is somebody that should be very deserving of a Cup ride at some point again. Right, and, and I, I think he was. Deserving. You have marketed for for him for a long time. I think since episode one of our show, I've been saying Daniel Hemrick had gotten a raw deal from Richard Childress Racing in the 2019 season, and. And I think I'm kind of biased because when we for, when we went to Daytona, Caroline and I went to Daytona, I, I met him, and he was a good guy, good talk to. There wasn't much of a line, so I was able to carry on a little bit of a conversation with him. And, and it was just a nice guy, you know, a very nice guy. And the fact that what happened at Richard Childress Racing happened, I don't think I need to beat the dead horse. If you want to find out more, go back and listen to our earlier episodes of what was in the Marbles Weekly Racing Podcast and check it out. Because I, I think Daniel Hemrick's got a future in this sport. And just based off of what happened here at the Xfinity race, just what he did to go through with it. And I think that was a big win for him. Congrats on the championship. 
which was awesome. I think that, and like I said, the Xfinity race is the race of the weekend for me. Now, Sunday, do you want to start off with the uh, Formula One race, or do you want to start off with the Cup race? Oh, we can go Cup first. Okay, the Cup race was your typical Phoenix Cup race. And regardless, and I'm, well, first of all, I want to say this. I'm glad they brought qualifying and practice back for this race more so than any other race in the season because although Kyle Larson did win the poll for the race, which was expected, those guys have been firing on all cylinders since Daytona, I feel. He was able to do what he needed to do, and his pit crew did what he needed to do. And that whole number five Hendrick team, which is their first championship, since Terry Labonte in the mid-90s exceeded expectations and deserved that with 10 wins in the season. The pit crew did awesome. Everything worked out great from the qualifying to practice to the race. It was the complete package for that five team. And Rick Hendricks should be very proud of himself for taking a chance on Kyle Larson. Yeah, he absolutely should. I mean, 10 wins to the 2021 campaign for that five team. I mean, Kyle Larson was stellar throughout the entire season. And for the longest time, I don't think anybody was actually even going to beat him. He was just that good, you know, week in, week out, whether he was winning or not. Sunday, he, he proved it. And, you know, the race was, I mean, decent to an extent. I mean, you know, seeing all four championship guys in the top four, I'm, I was kind of like, I'm not really surprised, to be honest. You know, one of the things I took away from that race was if it's just going to be come down to four guys and they're all uneven, you know, in terms of points, why even have, I feel like stage racing is kind of pointless for at least the last race or the championship four, because if you really want to prove a champion, why not just, you know, just let the race play out? Why throw stages in there? I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's just me speaking again, but I feel like maybe the last race shouldn't be a stage race, a stage points race. You know, if you want to prove a champion, I think we should just, you know, what was it, uh, 312 laps, I think it was, Phoenix was, I think you should just run all 312 laps, you know, whoever comes out on top, comes out on top, you know, and, you know, forget all the stages in there and everything like that, but I mean, it was, like I said, it was pretty normal race to a point, I mean, you had some interesting things happen in there, like Corey LeJoy getting to Bubba Wallace, and Bubba Wallace seemed a bit well, upset, well, I which, tell, I tell you one understandable. thing, in, in looking at that accident closer, because I, I, well, I just caught the replay once Bubba Wallace did wreck, and it looked like Stenhouse in the 47 got into LaJoy, which got into Bubba. I don't think it was completely 100% Corey LaJoy's fault in that. I think there was a bit of contact between the 7 car and the 47 car, which unfortunately Bubba was just in the wrong place at the wrong time and got caught up in that. That's racing. But then, ironically enough, Stenhouse took out Corey LaJoy. It's just typical. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, look, I, I, I kind of pointed out as just, just typical Ricky Stenhouse Jr. being Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Yeah, you probably could break it down to that, honestly. I, I, I think that is what it boils down to. And it's unfortunate that Bubba Wallace was on the receiving end of that and got the draw into the stick, stick on that one, but then turn around a few laps later and Corey LaJoy got take, gets taken out by, well, not necessarily taken out. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was involved in the accident with Corey LaJoy as well. Yeah, I think those were just all. I think those were just all kind of racing deals because they both had both of those incidents happened in the same turn. Right, I'm not and, and, and nobody brought up Ricky Stenhouse Jr.'s name on that, but I will. It was Ricky Stenhouse Jr. I don't know what else to say about that, Preston. 
But yeah, it was a good race for me, and I'm with you. I don't think stage racing should be a part of the final championship race if you're talking about that. If you're not going to award stage points anyway, why have stage racing? Yeah, I would, might- yeah that, I, that's what I thought about too when I saw, you know, you, if you're not going to get a word of points, well, then what's the point of even having these stages broken up unless NASCAR, maybe, you know, NASCAR still sticking to their plan of stage racing, but they're probably in a sense think that maybe this makes it a little bit more exciting, which I mean, it kind of does, you know, throwing in restarts and all those guys up at the front. But I don't know. I think, I, in my opinion, if we happen to do some kind of season and review, I'll, I'm just going to say that NASCAR season was not as exciting for me in general. Well, I think well, that's one of those reasons why. I think that's well saved for the Thanksgiving episode that we're going to do. And in our final season episode, which will be around the Christmas time, we'll wrap up season three. And then the next time you will hear our lovely voices again, will be during speed weeks in February. We got a lot of moving parts this holiday season. I figured we could take a break. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, but Preston, absolutely. The, the race overall was good for me. Kyle Larson did whatever exactly what he needed to do. I thought Denny Hamlin had a good shot at the championship coming up through the field. He had a good long run car. It's just the cautions fell bad, and Hamlin, gracious as as much as he got criticized throughout the course of the season with his attitude, had a very good show in in stating that he's well deserving of that championship. That being Kyle Larson, because he won ten races in the season, well deserving. So he's a humble loser. Not all the time, but when it comes down to it, he is. He has nothing to be ashamed of with a couple wins this season, making it to the Final Four. Just wish it could have worked out for him maybe next year, Denny Hamlin. But then Martin Truex Jr. and Chase Elliott, I'm kind of glad to not see Chase Elliott win his second championship. And But I would have been okay with Martin Truex Jr., but here's the way I see it. If... Kyle Larson would have lost the championship. They would have, NASCAR fans on Twitter would have called foul in the playoff format. If Denny Hamlin would have won, nobody would have been happy. If Chase Elliott won, everybody would be happy. And if Martin Truex won, I think it would have just been good for him. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting way to look at it. That's the way I, mean, I uh... that's the way I saw it. But I mean, overall, it was a good race. I thought, you know, maybe uh, Ryan Blaney would have had something there for them. It looked like he did for a while. Because you didn't necessarily need to win the race to win the championship, as in years past, you just had to beat the other three competitors on the track, which is fine. But I think Kyle Larson putting that icing on the cake with the tenth win, winning a pretty much a close to a third of the races in the season, which is remarkable, just goes to show the dominance of Hendrick Motorsports, the talent of Kyle Larson, and the ability of that team to adapt and overcome adversity. A brand new team thrown together by Rick Hendrick. During the offseason last season, not necessarily thrown together, but bringing that five car back to victory lane was awesome, and I'm glad I got to see him win at Bristol. Got to see the champion win, man, which doesn't happen all the time. No, it does not. Um, You know, something else I found interesting in that race was when Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson had... They had gotten into each other. I think Elliot had gotten into him on that the uh, the back stretch. Looked like maybe he turned a little left into him into the bumper. And then Denny Hamlin was kind of bringing up the point that you know the the, the rear end of Kyle Larson's car, the fender was kind of uh, flared out a little bit. And he was you know I think you know then the commentators were all all over it about how they were talking you know saying that that's going to give Kyle Larson a little bit of advantage. And the Hamlin was like you know he wasn't happy that it looked like that and it. it I thought for a second that it was going to be made a big deal for some reason. And I don't know any way you could really avoid something like that. You know what I mean? It sounds like uh, just conspiracy theory talk to me. I mean, I think 
Denny Hamlin, and he probably did that in the car. I was I wasn't listening to Denny Hamlin's in car the whole race, but it sounds like to me it was just conspiracy theory. Maybe saying hey something like that, and it might have given him an advantage. But nobody's really surprised that Kyle Larson won no, s- not Sunday, the championship or the race, and you picked it. I picked the Xfinity Series championship, and none of us picked the Truck Series championship. Because, well, when John Hunter Nemechek went out, I thought, oh, great, this is great. I thought Matt Crafton would have won it. But, you know, it's just one of those weekends that, you know, I think was really status quo. I don't think it was really anything spectacular other than that three champions were crowned in the Xfinity Truck and Cup Series. Other than that, if you would have taken the championships out, it just would have been another race weekend to me. Yeah, it, it, honestly, it really would have. I mean, like we said, like I said, you know, Phoenix just did not. You know, I, I feel like it would have been probably a little bit more exciting uh, to have it at Homestead, honestly, I, I kind of miss having a championship race at Homestead. <laughs> yeah, the, either in Homestead or we're back in Atlanta when it reconfigures. But we are going to have another championship season finishing up there at Phoenix for the 2022 season. So maybe it'll be a little better, a little different twist with the Gen 7 car. But man, speaking of that, this this last weekend at Phoenix was a big deal for the Cup Series. It was Ryan Newman's last race. We don't know where he's going. It was Brad Keselowski's last race in Penske. He's going to Roush Fenway Racing with stock in as an owner. I, a lot of big things happened throughout the course of this weekend that nobody's really talking about. I mean, this is an end of an era. This is the switching of over to a new chapter for NASCAR. This is literally yeah, the page in the chapter turning deal. over. Because now we got the Gen 7 car coming, making its debut at Daytona. Keselowski going to Roush Fenway Racing, which is going to be probably now Roush Keselowski Racing, Roush Keselowski Fenway Racing. I don't know what they're going to name it with a stock <laughs> in there. We got drivers coming up like Austin Cindric, Matt Benedetto's out of the Wood Brothers machine. Who's going to be? Well, actually, I think isn't Cindric going to the two car now? Uh, yes, yeah, Cindric is going to the two car, and um, I have to remind myself that who's going to the twenty one again? As somebody from, I think the Toyota camp. What not could, mistaken. But currently in the Cup Series, Hamrick would be great in that car. No, I think it's somebody moving up from the Xfinity Series that's supposed oh, to go into that 21 like car. Bur- uh, Burden, Jeb or Harrison? Yes, Harrison Burden. Harrison, Harrison Burden. Burden. Thank that's you. It. Harrison Burden is okay. going to be driving that 21 car. So, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of moving parts. And, a lot of rookies you know, coming up. You throw Matt DiBenedetto's name in there, and that's uh, that's a whole moving well, you mentioned, well, listen, scene in general. Before we talk about Matt DiBenedetto, because I know there's something you want to bring up about him. Before we continue on with today's episode, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our online stores at Teespring and Bonfire. There you can find the latest and greatest rambling about racing gear, such as t-shirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, pint glasses, and so much more to show everyone that you are an avid listener and a fan of rambling about racing. And if you order between now and the end of November using discount code TURKEY, you'll get 20% off of your order that is for both Teespring and Bonfire. Links will be in the podcast description. Or if you go to ramblingaboutracing.com, under the stores tab, that'll take you to our Teespring store where you can also find throwback in the Marbles racing gear. So head on over to those stores, check it out, getting ready for the holiday season, grab yourself a Rambling About Racing hoodie, or just a t-shirt for lounging around the house. Again, if you use discount code TURKEY, you get 20% off your orders. Uh, 
let's talk about the Formula One race, the Mexican Grand Prix. Max Verstappen gets it done again. Gets it done again, I should say, beating Lewis Hamilton. Sergio Perez finishing third, the first Mexican-born driver to finish on the podium in the Mexican Grand Prix in Formula One's history. How do you enjoy the race? I thought it was, again, a status quo race for Formula One. The, the start of the race was, of course, full of drama with a few accidents right there. You know, other than that, Max Verstappen cleared everybody eventually and went on to win the race, doing exactly what he needs to do to secure a championship coming up here at the end of the season in December. As you said, it was kind of a little bit of a business as usual. I enjoyed the race. I thought it was pretty good. Mercedes seemed to have the pace for most of the weekend, especially through qualifying. I mean, they looked very fast for a while. I was like, oh, man, this looks like it's going to be a pretty Mercedes-heavy weekend. But then you throw in the start of the race. And even though Verstappen got a little bit, even though uh, Hamilton was a little bit faster than Verstappen on the start from lights out all the way down to the first turn, Verstappen used the draft to get a toe to get around to the outside. It, you know, Botas, he backed off like he like I probably I probably would have backed off as well too because Verstappen had more of a preferred line. And because Botas backs off, he gets just clipped. I think it was Dana Ricardo that clipped him and he gets turned around but Verstappen got out in front and then I mean from there on out, Verstappen looked really good. Uh Lewis Hamilton, I don't know if he was just playing mind games or what, but Lewis Hamilton said, you know, he's looking you know, they're looking quick, and they sure did look quick. I think Mercedes set up for more speed than downforce, and I think Red Bull went for more downforce than, than speed, and, you know, that those two things really do make a difference if you decide to go with more downforce, downforce and speed, because just because you can get the speed in qualifying does not mean you're going to have... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner what it takes in the race unfortunately and you know we saw that Verstappen just looked that good and that much better and uh good for Perez to stay in and get that podium even though he challenged Hamilton a couple times toward the end it was still a good race overall so you know after leaving Mexico and they'll be on their way to Brazil now and Verstappen's opened up let's see here about a a 19 point that's just lead. under yeah 19, 19 point lead, point lead. And in the Constructors' Championship, it is a 10-point lead for Mercedes. So, wow. I mean, yeah. that, that's a combination of both drivers in their finishing positions. But, man, the fact that it's that close for both, it's going to go right down to Abu Dhabi, I feel. And if, if, yeah, if I, think, Verstappen, I think it will go down to Abu Dhabi. If, if Verstappen keeps it up. And the reason why – and Botas took the fastest lap away from him. Okay, that strategy on the team as a whole, or else it would have been a 20-point lead. But – it's going to go down to Abu Dhabi, I feel. We got four more races to go as Preston Misson, the Brazilian Grand Prix, going to be this weekend. The only motorsport, the major motorsport going on. So from here to December in our closing episode for our Christmas special, it's going to be quite a bit Formula One heavy, I feel. I don't mind that. But, but, no, uh, not at all, but, but, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, I figured you wouldn't. But uh, for everybody's information, the Brazilian Grand Prix 
is going to be this Sunday, November 14th at noon on ESPN. So make sure to set your DVRs or tune in for that. It's going to be here in a matter of days. And then they're going to be right back at it the following weekend in Qatar. So really three weeks back to back to back. Big logistical thing and a lot of jet lag there for the competitors in Formula 1. Not just the drivers, but the teams. It should be very interesting to see here coming up here. Yeah, this weekend will be uh, extra interesting because we get another preview of what it would be like if they threw in sprint racing. So we'll get two practice sessions, we'll get qualifying, and then we'll get a sprint race, which points are given out to the top three. If you win the sprint, you get three points. Second place gets two, third place gets one. So that's kind of, you know, like a curveball thrown in there. So I I think that that should really mix things up a little bit. But, you know, throwing it back to – the Mexican City Grand Prix. I mean, we saw some great runs out of Ferrari. Ferrari looks much better this year than they did last year. Both their drivers are in the top 10 in points, 6th and 7th respectively right now. Pierre Gasly had a great run, finishing 4th. Alva Tauri looks pretty good. Yuki Sina, I wish he was a little bit more on it. I think he's just having a little bit bad luck, especially crashing out on the first lap. Fernando Alonso, how about this? Fernando Alonso sits 10th in points right now for Alpine. Alpine's sitting 10th and 11th in the driver's standings, but Fernando Alonso does not look that bad. Sure, you know, Alpine had a little bit of a struggle this past weekend, but, you know, I feel like we're getting a little bit more variety this season than we did last season. I feel like last season, it was a lot of run-to-the-mill stuff, but you see different guys you know, on different races that are racing the top 10. And, you know, I like, I like seeing that different variety. And I think it's kind of, it's nice to see Ferrari kind of back near the top again, or they're getting there again. So uh, we'll, we'll have to see how everything rolls over into next year because Formula One, just like NASCAR is switching gears and going to a different car as well. Yeah, they are. It's going to be very interesting to see where that comes up as far as, the changes that the technical changes that are going to be made on that car. But I think it's going to be a great opportunity for everybody to kind of see where they're at, make for closer racing, more competitive racing, but I'm not going to actually tell you that it's going to be an complete change. I think you're still going to see the Mercedes, the Ferraris, the Red Bulls up front. I don't think this is going to help out Haas much at all. I don't think this is going to help out really a lot of people when you, when it comes down to it, I, I think it's going to still, you're still going to see the drivers up there that you expect to see up there. Yeah, I think so too. And of course, you know, there are a lot of driver changes coming. Well, not really a lot, but there are some driver changes coming for next year, like George Russell's moving over to Mercedes. So we'll finally get to see what George Russell can do. George Russell, excuse me, can do in a faster equipped car. Kimi Raikkonen retiring. So Valtteri Bottas moving over to Alfa Romeo. Alexander Albon going to Williams. Hopefully Williams can continue to kind of climb out of that hole because George Russell's been kind of bringing them slowly out of that hole that they've been in for so long now. Uh, it's just uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see how everything really plays out. But, you know, it, it's we- interesting. I don't know if you really noticed it, but when Botas got moved to the back of the field, you know, over the weekend, he was kind of struggling in the back. And I feel like Mercedes does not have a car set up for just running in general. I think Mercedes just sets up their cars for planning on that. They're going to stay in front the whole time, because once you get a Mercedes back in traffic, it's like, it's almost like a nine day difference. I noticed that too, with Botas. It seemed like he was kind of struggling throughout the, when he got spun there on the first lap, which was not obviously part of the plan for Mercedes, but 
I think those cars are just like the cup cars right now in the Gen 6 era. They were designed to go and be out front and have that clean air on the nose in order to produce the highest downforce and the best slipstream. And if you can, case in point, we saw it at the Phoenix race in the Cup Series when Chase Elliott was out front, he was blistering fast. You put him in traffic beyond dirty air, all of a sudden his car isn't what it used to be. And I think that's with not just Mercedes or Team Hendrick, that's everybody. Your car is going to be so much better out front. Case in point, we saw Daniel Ricciardo win the Italian Grand Prix. His car was out front. His car was performing at its optimum level, which is the cars are designed to do and perform out front in open air. You put any type of race car, I feel, in dirty air, and you're going to have that turbulent in that. You're not going to have the max down force. Your, your braking is going to suffer and your throttle is going to suffer. So I think it, it, it's just a product of racing. But you make a great point there, Preston. Like I said, Mexican City Grand Prix seemed to be kind of business as usual. Looking forward to Brazil. We'll, we'll have this wait and see what happens. I think it's, yeah. it's of course, it's going to be a Verstappen-Hamilton battle, especially when it comes down to qualifying right. and seeing if those two can qualify next to each other on the front row for the sprint race because the sprint race we saw, I think the last sprint race we had, I think it was Silverstone. And those two, I mean, they battled it out right away. And that's been racing. It, it, it looked like a very good race in general. And then, you know, things, of course, carried yeah. over to the and actual the, main race the next day. actual race happened, uh, <laughs> Hamilton just straight up dumped Verstappen. Changed my yeah. mind on that, folks. Changed my mind. Yeah, but, I, I will I will die on that hill all day with oh, that yeah. one. I think there, I for, will forever think that Verstappen had more of the preferred line. Yeah, Hamilton forced the issue, but that's neither here or there. That was Silverstone. We're looking forward to Brazil. Brazil is always a fun race. I always enjoy the Brazilian Grand Prix. I'm glad we're going back there this year after it being, I believe, canceled in the 2020 season. I think a lot of things were canceled in the 2020 season. Yeah, yeah, they were. But Preston, um, that was about it. Congratulations to Ben Rhodes, Daniel Hemrick, Kyle Larson for winning their respective championships in NASCAR. Three major series. It was a uh, great season. Make sure to tune in to us next week where we have our season review for the total NASCAR season. Um, I personally went to nine events this year, so that was a personal record for me. But uh, tune in next week on episode 112 to find out what Preston and I thought of this season. But Preston, anything else before we hit our final thoughts? Yeah, so... Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You wanted to bring up Matt Benedetto. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. I, I completely forgot about that. Okay, bud. So so for those of you who don't know, Matt Benedetto got on to Facebook earlier today, made about a three-minute video where he talked about guilt and stuff, and I don't really know what led up to it. I didn't see him or hear of him doing anything crazy this weekend, but he felt very guilty about it. But Preston uh, has apparently got a rant about it. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see if it turns really into a rant. But I, yeah, with so, you, Preston, it always turns into a rant. Uh, come on. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're right. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, Matt Benedetto had, I think he was just kind of getting a little too deep into the social media world. And he had posted a video about, I guess, some, you know, the way people comment on things and hate about each other on Twitter and stuff like that. And I didn't really think too much of it. You know, I was kind of like, okay, maybe he's kind of right. But then at the same time, I was like, well, is this like one of his, I, I started to feel like, you know, like my, my feelings about him kind of change as the months have gone on. And I, at that point I was like, it's kind of feels like 
I don't think he's really being genuine about this. I think he's just trying to kind of stir something up, maybe bring some kind of attention to his name, whatever. But he kind of made a good point. Yeah, people hate on each other and stuff like that on social media. So he's like, I'm going to take a break from Twitter. That's cool. Good to know. So he took a break from Twitter. He, I guess he deactivated his account, whatever. So I heard rumors and, you know, rumblings about how the Wood Brothers and Pinsky weren't really happy about how he was kind of addressing things in the terms of social media world and just kind of putting it all out there because a lot of he got a, a lot of backlash about it i guess because he you know he might have said one thing or another and people kind of like lose their minds which is kind of the world we live in these days you, know, you say one little thing and people are all of a sudden against you right which is just kind of your opinion well fast forward to the day and i'm kind of scrolling through twitter and somebody who reports on nascar stuff had said something about how Matt DiBenedetto put Matt DiBenedetto, excuse me, put out a video talking about how he was kind of apologizing and this and that. And I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. Well, it turns out Matt DiBenedetto had restored his Twitter account. And I was like, so wait a minute, like why, why does he say he's deleting his Twitter account just to come right back to it, you know, a week and a half later, whatever. Well, he comes out and says on this video talking about apologizing for, I don't know what he was apologizing for, but he's just talking about how like he felt guilty for certain things that he did. And I guess, you know, it kind of may have worked its way into his work world, maybe with the team and stuff like that. But like the, the feeling I got from that video was it didn't feel very genuine. It looked like he was just kind of trying to play it up because I think he's trying to get people to talk about his name more since he doesn't have a ride for next year. That's how I took it. And, you know, just judging from watching his facial expressions on the video, I was like, this guy does not really mean what he's really saying right now. I think he's just trying to draw attention to him. And I think that's right there is going to give him a, just gives him a bad rap even more is that he's trying to draw attention to himself on social media by pulling these, quote unquote, I feel like it's kind of like a stunt. You know, I'm not saying that he's not a very Christian like person, which I he is. I'm not saying he's not, but the way he was presenting it, to me it came across as this is kind of a desperate last ditch effort to kind of keep his name relevant at this point. And I think he's just kind of letting the world of social media and everything else kind of affect his world in NASCAR, if that makes any sense. And I, I just I don't like it. I, I think if if there were if the rumors are to be true that maybe the Wood Brothers were kind of you know a little upset the way he's been acting on social media, I can see why. <laughs> That's all I have to say about it. Well, I, I saw the video as well, and it, he mentioned something about being angry and stuff. I don't I don't know. I wasn't there at Phoenix, shadowing Matt Benedetto all weekend, so I don't know. But he must have felt something to make that video. But I kind of see your point. But I see his point as well. As well, he's trying to keep his name relevant and, and keep his name in the hat. He doesn't have a ride in the Cup Series in 2022, and he's got to stay in the sport, or else he's just going to drift away. And everybody will one day say, "Hey, remember that Matt Benedetto guy?" But they'll mispronounce his name. That Matt Benedetto guy, the Matt the the Matt the Burrito, the Matt the Matt the Burrito guy, and and wonder about him and do research and lucky for us we have a driver of the week every week and we get to see who are you know who's made an impact in the sport and Matt Benedetto has made an impact in the sport he's one of the the he everybody pulls for him I haven't heard anybody say one bad thing about Matt Benedetto now him going on social media airing out his dirty laundry and not that I think he really did that there's a time and place for that but 
you know, I don't see anything wrong with him doing that. I can see why he deactivated Twitter. I don't know if he activated his Twitter. According to you, he did. But it doesn't really matter to me. What? Leave the man alone. You know, he's probably going through a lot. He's probably uncertain about the future, a little worried about everything. But it's just one of those things where Matt DiBenedetto could do, he can drive a race car. He just needs it needs a break. And he, I thought he might have had that with the Wood Brothers, especially extending another season like he did. But that just didn't work out. I mean, there's always room in the Xfinity series and in the truck series if he wants to keep his name relevant, in my opinion. So I think Matt DiBenedetto has options for 2022. We just don't know what they are. But I don't mind him going on social media saying whatever he wants to say about whatever he wants. I mean, that's the whole point of social media. You kind of Everybody has a platform at that point. And Matt DiBenedetto has a good following. Matt DiBenedetto wants us to speak from the heart. And regardless of Team Penske or stuff, get it. I mean, I get it. He's under contract, and I'm sure there are clauses to it. We can't go on social media and have represented our representing our jobs and just spit out whatever we want as far as personal opinions, or else we're going to get reprimanded and maybe fired. Not saying that's what happened to Matt Benedetto. His contract's up. But it's just one of those things where some people use social media like Matt Benedetto does. Other people use it like Samantha Bush and Kyle Bush do. Who cares? But, right. you know, it doesn't really bother me at all. Like it maybe bothered you. I saw it too, and I didn't think anything of it until you brought it up right now. Okay, whatever, man. Well, you know, he just wants prayers. Okay, I'll pray for him and whatever his endeavors are. But, you know, I, I didn't see anything wrong with necessarily what happened with Matt Benedetto and social media because, you know, I don't get on there posting to the world about my issues or else, you know, everybody's going to be like, who cares? Some people do. I don't think Matt Benedetto is one of them. I think he's just venting. Maybe he has no one to vent to. Maybe he just needs a friend. Matt Benedetto, we're your friends here at Ramblin' About Racing. <laughs> but... I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe he just needs a friend. I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe he just needs a friend. I mean, he's got a, his wife, and there's nothing wrong with her being his best friend, but sometimes you just need a buddy to vent to. I mean, I know you vent to me all the time. Very good point. You know, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's just, a, you know, like I said, under stress. He's got a lot going on. You know, he's uncertain about the future. Maybe he just felt like he needed to vent a little and get something off his chest. And nobody else Maybe would, so. and no one will listen to him. No one will pick up the phone. So he said, I'm just going to turn to my followers on social media. I don't know, but I'm with you. I'm with you on both cases. Like I don't, I'm personally want to do it, but we don't know his, the workings of his mind. But like I said, Matt Benedetto, you got a friend here at rambling about racing and our fire department's always hiring. If you need a plan B, I'm putting a good <laughs> word for you. And then you could be a co-host with me and Preston and Charlie. That's all we need is Oh, I'd love to see Charlie and Matt Benedetto get into it. Like, and go. <laughs> like, don't, don't, a whole episode. Yeah, don't mess with All him, Charlie. He, just sit back he, and watch. Yeah, he's bigger than you, Charlie. Don't do it, you know. But, yeah, maybe maybe that's just a thing. Maybe he's just, you know, needs a friend. But uh, was that it, Preston? <laughs> that little yeah, that's it. That, that was, oh, that it. was it. Okay. Well, we're going to go ahead and uh, unless you have anything else regarding the races at Phoenix and Mexico for Formula One and NASCAR, we're going to go ahead and hit our final thoughts and drive of the week this week in NASCAR. Let's do it. Before we wrap up today's show, I wanted to remind everyone out there about our partnership with Fanatics. Fanatics is a proud partner of the Unhinged Sports Network, which we here at Ramblin' About Racing are a proud affiliate of. So if you head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under our sponsors tab, there at the bottom you'll see a link to Fanatics. It'll take you right to the NASCAR page where you can get all your latest and greatest driver gear, such as T-shirts, hoodies, 
diecast, and much more. But it doesn't just stop. have to stop there. If you like Alabama Crimson Tide football, buy Alabama Crimson Tide football from there. If you like Washington Capitals, Washington Capitals has all their stores there as well. So head over to ramblingaboutracing.com under the sponsor tab. Link is there at the bottom for Fanatics. All purchases will help out the Unhinged Sports Network bring you better content and more content for the future. Go check them out. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go. One lap right here. Wrapping up this episode of Rambling About Racing, and we have a winner in In the Marbles 2.0, and, and, and Preston, you won't believe who it is. For the second <laughs> year in the row, SMR R&D has won the In the Marbles 2.0 Fantasy League with a total score, season score, of 6,789 points, eclipsing Matt Camper by less with about 80 points. Matt Camper put in a heck of an effort, and he did a great job this season. But on top of the $100 Amazon gift card, I think it's time we give out a Rambling About Racing t-shirt, a brand-new Rambling About Racing t-shirt. So, James Maples, if you want to go ahead and uh, direct message us about your address, we will get a Rambling About Racing t-shirt out to you, as well as that $100 Amazon gift card for another well-done season. Congrats. Back-to-back championships. Well done. Yeah, I'm just yeah, going to run. Uh, I'm just gonna, got it. Yeah, he, he's, he's got it. He, he's got me figured out. I'm just going to run down the list here of the participants in here and our final racing positions for the 2021 In the Marbles 2.0 standing. So SMR R&D Maples has won again. Matt Camper finishing second, great season. S Blades thirds. Preston finished an impressive fourth. You almost had the championship or the podium finish wrapped up there, Preston. Almost snuck in there. But almost did. Charlie Herc is finishing third. Fifth, after missing the Daytona 500, he's, he's our Kevin Harvick. He's our Rookie of the Year. Congratulations, Charlie, on the fifth-place finish. I finished sixth with 6,051 points. At least I broke the 6,000 mark before the end of the season. Smoking Woody finishing seventh. Unhinged Racing, eighth. Summers Racing, ninth. 43 and Me, tenth. Bun, three, eleventh. And Shake and Bake, twelfth. And, folks, be on the lookout. We're either going to do that again next season, the In the Marbles 2.0. It's easier in a way. Or we're just going to come up with our own new rules once we have everything ironed out for the 2022 season. Don't know if we're going to do another $100 Amazon gift card, but congratulations again to SMRNG James Maples for two in a row. He is the Jimmy Johnson of our fantasy league already. He is. <laughs> already. I can just tell he's going to be the Jimmy Johnson of our fantasy league. But now we get to a uh, very special driver of the week this week in NASCAR. And Preston, do you want to start or do you want me to start? You're doing our uh, this week in NASCAR, so it's up to you. Uh, I'll start. Okay, go ahead. So our this week in NASCAR here on another edition of Ramblin' About Racing, we go all the way back to November the 6th of 1977. Daryl Waltrip denies David Pearson his 100th victory at Atlanta International Raceway. Waltrip makes a final lap pass as darkness descends on the track. Unable to see through his tinted windshield, Pearson backs off and accepts second place. And that is this week in NASCAR. Well, very nice. This week in NASCAR is a good one. Daryl Waltrip always coming up there. It's never been a bad topic of interest in NASCAR, but I feel like this is going to be more interesting. We normally do a driver of the week, but this week we're going to do 
what we want, we, we kind of do sometimes on the show, and it's called a figure of the week. And this weekend being Chip Ganassi's final race in NASCAR as a team owner, they sold their team and chartered a track house racing for the 2022 season. Chip Ganassi would be a good figure of the week for all he's accomplished and contributed to the sport of NASCAR in his 21 years in the sport. Chip Ganassi, who started the team and started racing in NASCAR, well-known in IndyCar, started racing with, with drivers such as Sterling Marlin, Behind the wheel, who's had a great time, but his other notable drivers include Kyle Petty, Joe Nemechek, Sterling Marlin, as mentioned, Jimmy Spencer, Juan Pablo Montoya, Jamie McMurray, Kyle Larson, and Matt Kenseth. And he ended up in the 2021 season with Kurt Busch and Ross Chastain. So just a pretty much who's who raced in Ganassi's Cup Series team throughout the course of the his tenure there in NASCAR formed up alliances with DEI, make it Ganassi Earnhardt racing had team affiliations with Felix Sabatis. Who's a well-known team owner of the sport. You know, I say his best season was with Jamie McMurray when Jamie McMurray won the Daytona 500 and the Brickyard 400 in the same season, which would be the 2010 season. But overall, he just the points, no championships. However, but walking away from NASCAR with more than 20 wins under his belt, including a Daytona 500 and Brickyard 400, as mentioned in 2010. Chip Ganassi racing, man. He's going to be missed. It's gonna, it was a lot of fun seeing him race. Better luck. Or better luck. Best of luck in your future endeavors there, Chip. I mean, you've always got IndyCar. If you could be Pinsky. Yeah, if you could, right. If you could be Pinsky. Good luck. But Preston, that, that about wraps up our show, man. Shorter episode than normal, but that's okay. Not every episode has to be an hour and a half, two hours long. But congratulations to Ben Rhodes, Daniel Hemrick, and Kyle Larson again on their championships for the NASCAR season. And I'm going to miss NASCAR till February. It might be a little busy around the time we start our season four up with the uh, birth of my daughter coming up here in February. But uh, Preston, anything else before we wrap up today's show? Nothing else. All right, man. Well, if you got nothing else, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. I'd like to thank everybody so much for tuning in to us this week here at Rambling About Racing. Make sure to head over to ramblingaboutracing.com for to links to all of our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, to just hang out with us on the, during the offseason and to stay in touch with us for the rest of the Formula 1 season as well. Make sure to head over to Teespring and Bonfire for the latest and greatest Rambling About Racing gear as well as Throwback in the Marbles gear. Remember using discount code TURKEY till the end of November for 20% off of your complete order. For Preston Mood, who's P underscore Luda on Twitter, myself, mbeamer 22 on Twitter, and Charlie Herkus, Chuck8384 on Twitter. He will be back here in December. Rest assured, folks. We will see you next week to be talking about Formula One from now until the end of that season. So stay safe and have a good rest of your week.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 